This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Well, do you know the Lord is good this morning? Oh, come on. I know you guys know the Lord is good in this place. How many of you know? He is so, so good. And we have, a, we have everything to be excited about. We have everything to be thankful for. Um, how many of you are blessed by our worship team? Aren't they amazing? We are so blessed to be a part of this church. Well, I am very thankful to Pastor Allen and, and Miss Joy for giving me the opportunity uh, once again to get in front of you. And uh, I, I just believe the Lord has something to speak to our hearts today, and I believe we'll be blessed by it. But I wanted to start out not being so spiritual. Uh, how many of you can say, maybe you're like me, have you ever met someone who is so overly, so annoyingly, I don't even know if that's a word, optimistic? I mean, it's like, not the right time. Just, just keep it to yourself. So, so I was thinking about this the other day. You know, think about it. You, you, you just got out of a long-term relationship. You just broke up with someone, and it just hurts deeply. And you go to your friend, and you're talking about how much it hurts. And they look at you, and, you, and they say with a big smile on their face, well, you know what? There's other fish in the sea. I don't need a fish. I need a boyfriend. I need a girlfriend. <laughs> or or here, here's one. You know, you, you find yourself going on 45. Your car breaks down. And it's, it's the middle of August, it's hot, you're frustrated, you're on your way to an important meeting, and you just don't know what to do, and you get in the car, and you hit the steering wheel, and you're like, ah! And you turn, and the person in the car with you looks at you and says, you know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And you want to say, I don't need lemonade, I need a car. Or how about this one? You know, maybe you have that uh, overly saved Christian friend, and uh, you're outside, and it's once again, August, September, and you're, you're doing the, the, the lawn, and it's, it's, you're sweating, you're tired, you're frustrated, and, and, and you just look up, and you look at them, and you say, man, I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? And they look at you, and they smile and say, I'm thirsty for the Lord. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just wrong. That's off, isn't it? You know, in my mind, in my house, you know, we, we describe that person as being a little different, and, and there's nothing positive about that. You know, they're a little different. But how many of you know that in Scripture, when God says someone is different, there's something good about that? There's a guy in the Bible, his name's Caleb, and, and, and God says that he has a different spirit about him. And one of the things that I found is, is all throughout Scripture, when God moves in the lives of people or when we see miracles or mighty things take place, the people who experienced those, those situations, they experienced those miracles, there was something different about them. So this morning, I wanted to unpack a little bit about what made Caleb so different. But I wanted to start back in the beginning. If you go to Scripture, in Scripture we see where uh, God calls Moses and he tells Moses that I want you to go and, and set you know, my people free. And, and we, we all know the stories about how Moses goes to Pharaoh and how, people, how the, the children of Israel ended up leaving Egypt and, you know, they go through the Red Sea and, you know, when, when God first called Moses, he, he called Moses, he called the elders, he told them, I'm going to lead my people into the promised land. And so they go through this miraculous time, this miraculous season where they go through the Red Sea, then they get into the wilderness or, and God is feeding them, you know, by manna from heaven. He's doing all these miracles, signs and wonders, all these great things. And then he gets them up to the edge of the promised land, the promise of what he's been telling them he was going to do for them. And he calls Moses once again and he says, Moses, 
I want you to send spies into the land, into the land that I'm giving them so they can spy out the land. And so Moses turns around, goes to the people, and Moses says, God says for me to send, we're going to send spies into the land. And he, goes, and he tells them, I want you to go and I want you to see if the land is good or if it's a land that devours its inhabitants. And, and Moses kind of adds to what God directed him to tell the people. So the spies go into the land. He sends 12 spies. They get into the land. They go and they see, you know, the land is fruitful. They, they cut off a, a large cr- cluster of grapes. They bring those back. And, and then they give their report. And, and they said, indeed, the land is fruitful. And it's everything that God said. But they said, nevertheless, we saw giants in the land. It's a land that devours its inhabitants. And they start giving a negative, a bad report. But then you had Caleb, and the Bible says Caleb quieted the people, and he said, no, 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 it's a good land, and we are well able to obtain it. God said that Caleb had a different spirit about it. What was he he saying? He wasn't saying Caleb was off. He was saying there was something different about Caleb's character, something different about what motivated Caleb, something different about what anchored him and what, what, what drove him. And this morning, I want to look at that a little bit because different is not a bad thing. You know, when we talk about different, Caleb, he had a a, a positive perspective, a positive outlook, positive attitude, a positive mentality. You know, uh, pastor, a few weeks ago, he he mentioned or he talked about that that phrase, it is what it is. Caleb, his mindset was, is everything is subject to change. You know, you have some people who, who go around and they're proud to tell people that I'm a, they, they say I'm a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of person. Caleb was a glass half full. Caleb was a full glass guy. There's something different about him that set him apart from everyone else. And understand, a different spirit is not something that, that's external. It's not something that we can just fabricate or manufacture. It's something on the inside. And that's what God wants us all to, to, to possess, is a different type spirit. So let's look at this today. The very first thing here we see is this, Caleb had an unwavering trust and faith in God. Think about it. Caleb went into the land with the spies. Caleb saw the same giants and the same things. But when he came back, why was his report different than everyone else's? It's because he trusted God. He had faith in God. He had faith in the promise of God. I think it starts with, do you believe God? Do you believe him? That's where it starts. And then, do you believe that his promises are for us? You see, God made a promise to Moses and all of Israel. Caleb grabbed a hold of that promise and said, if my God said it, and it belongs to me. Friends, you and I have to have the same type of spirit. In spite of what's going on in the world, we have to believe that the promises of God belong to us, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Guys, I don't know about you, but I want to experience all that God has for me. And it starts with developing a spirit similar to Caleb's. You know, I I think about God's promises. 
And, 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 and you really have to understand what those promises are. Because if you don't understand what those promises are, if you don't understand what belongs to you, if you don't understand what was accomplished on the cross and what, what's, what's all a part of the package, then you're going to miss out. We're going to miss out. It reminds me of a story that I've heard many times in church circles. It's a story about a man who wanted to come to America. He, he uh, saved all of his money, worked hard, saved all of his money, and uh, finally got enough money to purchase a ticket to make a, a, a cruise across uh, the ocean uh, to get here. And the story goes on to say that, you know, he only had enough money to pay for the ticket to get on the ship. And so he prepared ahead of time, and so he, he, he packaged himself some crackers and some cheese because he knew he couldn't afford anything else. And so the ship departed on its way uh, to, to, to America, and, and uh, each day, day after day, when everyone would go in to the, the dining hall and, and eat this full spread of what was in there, this man would look through the window, and while he was looking through the window, he'd eat his cheese and crackers and just wonder, if only. I wish. Man, that must be good. Well, this went on day after day after day after day until one day the ship's captain was walking around and he saw the man peering through the window. He went up to the man and he asked him, hey, friend, why are you out here all alone? Why aren't you in the dining hall partaking of the feast that's been prepared for you? And the guy explained that, you know, I only had enough money for the ticket, the boat ride, and not enough for the food. And the captain shook his head and his heart sank. And he looked at him and he said, friend, did you not know that when you purchased the ticket, it included the entire spread? Guys, I believe sometimes as Christians, we live our lives that way. We don't realize all that's been purchased when we made Jesus our Lord and Savior. See, this morning I want you to know this. That healing belongs to you. Peace belongs to you. That God is a God who will restore everything that's been destroyed in your life. God will bring your kids back home under his covering. The promises of God, God says, you know what? My children, they will know no lack. They will live in abundance, and all of their needs will be met. Guys, can I tell you, this is all a part of the package. And if you and I are going to be able to receive those promises, we have to have a different spirit. Is this making sense, guys? Caleb had an inner conviction. His conviction was that there's nothing impossible with God. Yes, I saw the giants. I was there. I saw the same giants, but you know what? My God is bigger than those giants. Guys, we have to have that inner conviction, and, and, and it has to be on the inside of us, and our mindset has to be, yes, I understand the diagnosis, but by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. You tracking with me here? We have to have an inner conviction. God has to be bigger than what, lays before, what lies before us. That is representative of a different spirit. When others around us are speaking contrary, it doesn't matter. We speak in line with what the Word of God says. 
So remember the promise. In Numbers, the 13th chapter, it says, God told him, he said, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am given to them. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone, a leader among them. I want to focus on that word giving. When someone gives it to you, who now owns it? You do, right? God says, I am giving them the land. When they came back, there were only two who possessed it on the inside. See, faith, the Bible tells us, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, by faith, we receive the things of God before they manifest themselves in the natural. When the 12 came back, only two received what God said he was giving them. You're tracking with me. We'll see here in just a minute that at the end of the story of that group, only the two were able to enter in. Why? Because they had a different spirit. Their mentality was, if God said it, I receive it, it's mine. It belongs to me. And God was faithful to his word. The ten lacked a right spirit, and they didn't trust God at all to do exactly what he had promised. Because understand this, when, when God called Moses in to send out the 12 disciples, that wasn't the first time he said he was giving them the promised land. He'd said it beforehand. He said it before they even left Egypt. So, evidently, it didn't get it down on the inside of them. Guys, when we hear about the promises of God, we have to get it down on the inside of us and hold on to it so that we can experience the things of God. Here's the other thing that reflects his trust and unwavering faith in God is he was obedient. Obedience is huge and vital when it comes to receiving the things of God. We've got to make a decision to always follow God. In Numbers 13, it says, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Caleb said it was a good land. He said, God said it was a promised land. God said it was a good land. So Caleb said it was a good land. God says you're healed. You say you're healed. God says he'll meet all your needs. Then you say he'll meet all my needs. God says your children will be blessed. Then you say your children are blessed. You see, friends, we don't speak what we see. We speak the promises of God. That's faith. And Caleb did that. What came out of his mouth was what was in his spirit, which is what he believed about God and about his promise. And I believe that if we'll do those things, we'll see God move in our lives in a different way. But understand this, and I want to I really hammer this down, is, is we don't respond like those who don't know the Lord respond. We're called to be different. 
under every circumstance and in every situation. And God is a faithful God. If we'll possess that different spirit, if we'll, if we'll embrace that different spirit, God will bless us. You know, I love the Lord uh, so much that I'm always bragging. I'm almost t- always telling stories. My wife and my kids are always cringing because they never know what story I'm going to tell. Um, and unlike other pastors who've get, given, gotten up here and said they pay, they pay their family off, I'm not paying anybody off. I mean, because in my mind, my kids owe me millions of dollars anyways from <laughs> the time they were born. And, you know, and, and as far as I'm concerned, when my wife and I took our vows, we said, till death do us part. So there's nothing that I can do that would cause her to leave. So I have no problem telling our stories. But today, I wanted to share a story about something that, that happened to me, no one else, but happened to me. And I think it, it happens to all of us at times, but understand how we respond has to be different than how the world responds. Many years ago, when we were still back at home in San Antonio, uh, my wife, were, we were some leaders in, in a church we attended and in a, for a season, and I say for a season, um, we were called to do some youth ministry work and we were doing some, some great things and, and God was really moving in our church and, and uh, we were young in the ministry. We were excited because God was really moving. It was all him and he was touching lives and we were seeing kids' lives changed. And because of some untruths, some lies, some uh, wrong information that was given to the pastor and um, spread about me personally, pastor came to me one Sunday morning and asked me to, to step down, and it was about these accusations that were untrue. And everyone who knew us and everyone who, all the other leaders in the church knew they were untrue. And, uh, but number one, I respect my authority. You hear me? Him making that decision didn't benefit me at all, but I respected my authority. And so I said, you know, no problem. I don't, I don't want to cause any issues here at this church. And so I sat down and all of my friends and family, they were making comments about the pastor, about the church, about the guy who was spreading the false information. But I remember the Lord saying, hold your tongue and trust me. And I did that. Then I had people coming and saying, hey, you probably should go to this church. They're in need of someone who can step up and, and help the youth. Or you should probably go do this. But I remember God saying, Trust me and stand still. And so I remember one day going in and asking the pastor, I said, Pastor, I I can't just sit still. I have to be active. I have to be involved. Where can I help? And he goes, well, you can take out the trash every week. I said, okay. And so every Sunday I took out the trash and I did it with a smile on my face. Trusting the Lord. Why? Because as a young man, when I was first seeking the Lord, the Lord gave me a personal promise. You see, when I read that scripture for the first time in Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, I know the plans that I have for you. And I heard it personalized. He said, Derek, plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. And when I got to that word hope, God began to, to deposit a desire for ministry on the inside of me. So in this season, when, when, when I was sat down, I felt like my flesh felt like that's it. It's all lost. But my response was one of, I'm going to trust you, Lord. Guys, can I tell you, I believe that the very reason I have the opportunity to serve at this great church 
is because in that season of life, I didn't go with the flow of everyone else. I chose to have a different spirit and trust the Lord. Are you tracking with me? We can't put our eyes on what's going ex- on what's happening externally. We have to look inwardly and trust the Lord and trust his word. And you'll find if you'll do that, God will bless you every time. So, so Caleb, he had an unwavering trust for God. He had faith in God. Second thing is, is he had an awareness of God's presence. Caleb knew the Lord was with him and considered his enemies already defeated. You see, when Caleb went into the land and he saw the giants, he didn't see this insurmountable, this, this, this big giant that was impossible. No, no. What Caleb saw was his God was bigger than those giants. Caleb knew that these giants couldn't compare to his God. Well, how did he know that? Let's look at Numbers 14.9. It says, only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Do you know, friend, that the Lord is with you? Do you know that? I hope you don't believe the Lord's only with you on Sunday morning when you're here in in the church. He's with you at all times. He's with you when you get laid off from your job. He's with you when you get that bad diagnosis. He's with you at all times. And if you will recognize his presence, if you will remember his presence, he will see to it that you conquer those things that come against you in life. We have to be aware of the presence of God. Now, if you find yourself in a season where you're honest, because I've had these seasons where you're like, I don't know, there's times when I don't feel the presence of God, I don't know that God's with me, I'm, I'm struggling in that area, let us help you with that. Very easy fix. Come to church. Get involved in church. Plugged in here. Get in your word. Begin developing your own personal relationship with God. And what will happen is, is you'll begin to understand God's presence, sense God's presence with you. And understand this, that when you begin to sense God's presence, in his presence, there's always victory. And God will bless you. So Caleb had an unwavering trust for God. He had an awareness of his presence. And the third thing was he was passionate about God and he wholeheartedly served the Lord. I love this. His heart and love for God made him willing to go for it no matter what stood in his way. And he was ready and willing to go and fight. He was willing to wait and work for it even though it took 40 plus years to fulfill. And the same zeal, the same passion, the same aggression that Caleb had when he was 45, he had it at 85. God, we have to settle, guys, we have to settle within ourselves that God is good. But he's not only good, he's also faithful. Say it with me. Say, God is good. God is faithful. Now let's personalize it. Say, God is good to me. And he's faithful to me. If you can get that on the inside of your heart, you'll find yourself get to a place where you trust him no matter what. 
Now, from that story I told you earlier, I was 22 years old when that situation happened in ministry. I've only been here on staff for the last eight years. I had to trust God during that. But you know what? It was worth it. Because now I have the opportunity to do what God promised me that he would do in my life. I love serving the Lord. I love trusting in God. Why? Because he has never, ever failed me. And he never will. And friends, can I tell you, he'll never fail you either. But we've got to shift how we operate. We have to shift our way of thinking. We have to shift our attitudes. And we have to begin doing things with a Caleb-like spirit. Caleb was all in with God. You know, you think about it. When, when those spies came back, they gave a report. They said, hey, it's a good land. It's full of this. It's full of that. But, guys, can I tell you with God, there can't be no buts. You know, I told one of my kids one time because he was like, yeah, man, serving God was great. And, and it was, it, it's good. But, and I'm like, son, the only but that you need to be worried about is the one on your backside. Don't, don't, with God, there should be no buts. And I'm going to get in trouble because I just said son and I only have one son. I apologize. <laughs> they said, nevertheless, or, or but, there's giants in the land. They allowed doubt to creep in. There can be no but. You have to have it in you that God is good all the time. God is good to me all the time. God is faithful all the time. The same God who got me out of that is the same God that will get me out of this. The same God that led me here is the same God that's going to lead me there. That's the, 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 the spirit we have to have, guys. And if we'll operate that day, if we'll live our lives, our lives in that way, we'll see the promises of God. I love it. There was a professor uh, at, a, at a university. He um, was teaching about teamwork. He stretched out on the whiteboard, or he sketched out on the whiteboard uh, an overhead view of a rowing team. And on this rowing team, you had everyone faced a certain direction, and you had one other person facing a different direction. And the professor looked at his students, and he asked, he said, which one, or, or who, who's facing the wrong way? Obviously, everyone said the one guy facing the wrong way. And uh, the professor said, yeah, but what happens if they're going over a cliff? And the students were like, sometimes in the world, everyone is going in one direction. And that one direction is the popular way. As a believer, when the popular way doesn't line up with God and his word, we've got to be willing to row in a different direction. And if you'll make that decision, God will bless you. As a family, can I tell you, there are seasons when your family may be going in this direction, but God quickens your spirit and says, I want you to head in that direction. You know, you can save your family. 
it's important to always side on the side of God, be all in with God. And if you'll do that, he'll bless you in a great and mighty way. So he was all in with God. And, and if, if you're struggling in an area, let me encourage you, be connected with someone who's all in with God. So how do I get, if, I, if I've struggled, maybe I'm the one who, who uh, is going in the different direction than the direction of God. Maybe I'm like the 10 and my words have been negative and, and, and not have been full of faith. How do I get my spirit right? First thing, guys, is I believe is, is repentance. Repentance is not a bad thing. Repentance is a huge thing. It's, it's a great thing. It's a blessing from God. Let's look what it says in Psalm 51.10. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, persevering and steadfast spirit within me. Lord, make me right again. Make me whole again. I want to read this scripture. It's not on the, it's not on the, the monitors here, but just hear me here. It's, it's Psalm 34.18, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, the Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. And here we go. He is always ready to restore those who are repentant. God's always ready to restore us when we come to him and repent. You can find yourself going down the path that's over here and God's over there. If you will stop and say, Lord, I missed it. My words have not been full of faith. My words have been counter to you, Lord. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent. God will take you and put you back on the right path, heading in the right direction. Does that make sense, guys? God wants to see his children blessed. He wants to see you and I blessed. And so we have to believe them. The second thing we have to do is we have to have faith and trust in God. Because God responds to our faith. And when we have faith and when, and when we decide to repent, we realign and God begins to move in our life. Psalm 28, 7 says this. It says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Place your trust in the Lord, and he will help you, folks. Take your eyes off of your situations, your circumstances. Take your eyes off what's in front of you. Place your trust in the Lord, and he will help you no matter what it is. The third thing is, is we need to be aware of and manage our thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Every thought. If a thought we're having doesn't line up with God and his word, get rid of it. And then go to the scriptures and say, what does God say about this situation? Mr. Thompson, you have this. And, and there's nothing else that we can do for you but, but, but make you feel comfortable? Well, the Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. And until my thoughts line up with that, I keep telling myself, by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. What am I doing? I'm taking those negative thoughts and bringing them and making them obedient, lining up with the word of God. And then the fourth thing is, is you want to get in and you want to stay in the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says this, for we have the, the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. 
It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. I like to say it this way. The Word of God gets in there and shows you what's right, what's of God, and what's wrong, what's not of God. That's why you want to get into the Word of God. Get into your Bible. Maybe you find yourself in a, in a situation or a season where you, you, you struggle reading the Bible. Let us help you. We want to help you. We have a lot of great groups where you can get involved in, and, and, and we'll teach you how to, to get in the Word of God and, and, and learn from the Word of God and make it an a, a everyday thing for you in your life. So the spirit of Caleb. The spirit of Caleb wasn't negative. It wasn't fearful of what was in front of him. Caleb didn't speak negatively or transfer a spirit of fear to the people, but he spoke with confidence and tried to encourage others not to fear, but to believe that what God said would come to pass. When we carry a different spirit within us, folks, here's what I know. We will experience the promises of God. So how many of you today want to experience the promises of God in your life? I believe that if you will become intentional about this, God will bless you in the days ahead. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you, Lord, for giving us examples to follow from Scripture. And Father, I thank you that as we go forth today and become more purposeful about developing a Caleb-like spirit, Lord, I thank you that you're going to lead us into all that you have for us. Now, with head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you would say, Derek, I, I don't know the Lord. Um, this is all new to me. And, I, you know, I, I, I want to take that first step and, and really get to know him. Or, or maybe you're here today and, and, and you say, you know, I've gotten off track somewhere, Derek, but I, I, I want to get back on track and, and, and really make God a priority in my life. If either of those scenarios touch you, represent where you're at today, I'm going to ask you, as an act of faith, with every head bowed and eye still closed, if you would raise your hands and, and just say, I want to make a change. I want to make a shift. I want to make a, a switch today. Thank you. I see, see those hands. Okay, you can put those down. Well, right now, we're going to say a prayer like we do every week as a church family. And we're going to say it in our heart. Say it all together. Say, say it with me. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.